You are listening to the TF Cast, a Mankato-based arts and culture podcast where we hear stories of upcoming projects and get to know the people making things happen all across southern Minnesota. This podcast was recorded August 12th of 2020. Hi, this is Jacob with TF Cast. Uh, today we have with us Pete Klug, a local musician. And uh, could you introduce us to some of your projects, Pete? Yeah, my name's Pete. Again, <laughs> um, I got just my Pete Klug solo acoustic thing. I write, I write all the songs for that. Play all the guitar, <laughs> and then uh, I got just Merlin. Uh, I write all the songs for that, and then and play guitar. And then I got Brent Berg and Chris Bertrand on. And then I mean Poor Lemuel, and then Bebon Fields, and Watermelon Slush, and then Nirvana. Hmm. What is that? Six? Se- I guess six so. or seven? I lost track. I guess I don't know. It's a lot of bands. But uh, what 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 kind of music do you typically focus on when you're writing your own songs? Uh, blues, rock. It's really very based off of blues and stuff like that. Uh, a lot of country, western styles too in the last few years. Mm-hmm. And uh, the what you're writing is uh this is stuff that comes from it, it's inspired by experiences that you've had or mm-hmm. my perception of people the world and sometimes i like to show or a, just a little glimpse of my perception you know basically <laughs> mm-hmm. well uh how does the how does how do you get started with writing something um um sometimes a line that I say just out of the experience that I just had or mm-hmm. was just thinking about that I have had just pops up and repeats and I'm like, oh, that's good. I got to write that down. And then and I might let it sit for a month or a year or I might sit down and write it all day just depending on whatever. I don't know. But it'll just come at some point and I'll sit down and build off of it. And sometimes I might just get a verse done or or a verse in a chorus and then I'm just get stuck. Mm. The well is tapped and I got to move on to another song or do something else and then maybe I'll finish it. And I've been doing that for the last 15 years, I suppose, and acquired about 40 something songs maybe at this point. Yeah. What what was it that uh, pushed you to get into songwriting when you started? Oh, I just thought it was what you do when you play guitar, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I don't it's the first thing I did when I my buddy taught me a bass line from Nirvana and then I went home and I made up a little stupid little two note song and I was like, Oh, it's making up stuff and then I started learning Nirvana and Rage Against the Machine and all this stuff and I learned a lot about how to how to write stuff how to structure songs in the most simple possible way because that's how i roll <laughs> mm. so you said 15 years is that how long you've been playing guitar for yeah uh, maybe a little over now oh. i started when i was 15 like my 15th birthday basically okay and i guess i'll be 33 this year so yeah a little over 15 yeah <laughs> And it's finally starting to make sense. 
<laughs> All it takes is 15 years, yeah. and you too can be uh, <laughs> in six or seven bands. <laughs> that, that's wild. So you were you were telling us a little bit earlier that uh, Just Marlin is uh, coming up with some an album yeah. this fall? Yes, the second album, Sleeves, is what it's called. Um, title track is Sleeves. And then I got, like the burn and uh i love this band i played uh on this here and a couple other ones that i've been playing at live shows for the last five six seven years finally finishing yes so uh so far as as work the things have things have changed a little bit for musicians in general um how how is your lifestyle hmm. Well, actually, <laughs> my lifestyle hasn't changed at all. I'm still hanging out at home and playing music at home, but I'm just not going out playing at bars, basically, and um, work. You know, working in the fields, spring and fall, just doing what I can with government aid, and pretty much, I got my eye out for my next source of income i'm just switching gears and concentrating on original music and seeing just concentrate all my musical energy on that and then make money doing some dumb thing that i don't care about mm. Mm. has that has that been a source of inspiration what's that uh it, it's like a either people have i've encountered have been very inspired by this time of or it's just like totally like oh i have no energy to work you know it's so much like I'm taking advantage of this time that I have and mm. cause I, I've been wanting to figure out something else, but not really sure how to pull the trigger and then March, whatever shut down. And mm -hmm. I was like, Oh, this is how I do it. <laughs> mm. Okay. It's time to slowly unplug from what I've been doing and just, yeah, I'm, I'm excited actually. Mm. And you're, you're in the process of recording now or that's yes. where you're going. At this point, we've, we're always in the process of recording with all these bands. At, at any given moment, one of these bands is in the middle of recording an album. It's insane and keeps me busy. <laughs> but um, uh, what, what, what was your question? <laughs> yeah, I, I guess I was just wondering where you were at in the recording process oh. or how, how is it being done? Yeah, um, uh, just Merlin's second album, Sleeves. Uh, I've got like one or two things to do, like dial back a, the volume on a solo maybe and something else, and then it's done completely, all 10 songs, I think. Do you record these yourself, or do you go to a studio for that? Um, for Just Merlin, we do a lot of tracking in the studio, which is Signature Tone Studios up in Richfield, Adam Tucker. And he's a magic man. He runs the studio and owns the studio, and it's just a really good, really good thing he's got going there. Is is he doing some a lot of the recording for uh, like? There's a lot of cross membership in these bands. Is he? He uh, was the one that Laura mentioned, I think, in our cast. Probably, yeah. yeah, yeah, but yeah, he does a lot of the bands that you work with. Mm -hmm. All okay. of them right now. Yeah, it, okay. he's done something. We tracked the uh, the the rhythm tracks and stuff for B-Balm and just Merlin in the studio. Not at the same time, just we both those bands. And then 
uh, for just Merlin. We've recorded a, a lot of lead guitar stuff, tracked that on our own, and at, out by, down by New Richland by my parents' house, and had Forrest in there shredding. It was awesome. Dial that Marshall stack up to 10 and go. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, is that fun you you enjoy time in the studio <laughs> yeah yep it's uh yeah it's kind of what i build myself up to in my brain like to i get psyched up for recordings and all that like uh live shows like it's very the high frequency of shows kind of i'm just up and down up into a show so i just kind of used to that but when it comes to recording i gotta like Everything's under the microscope, and it's like a whole other Zen thing thing that I find doing it, and just super excited about. The, you can really dial in tones and sounds, and just everything makes a difference, you know. And mm -hmm. what what do you do to prepare for that? Um, just I don't know. <laughs> it's just a, a lot, half of it is not knowing as much as knowing what you're going to be doing just to keep it gritty. And like, for me anyway, I like to go in to record like lead guitar for poor Lemuel or B-Bomb. I like to go in with whatever I have built up through live shows and just try to plug that into a, the song basically. And maybe three, four to five takes by the fifth or sixth take, maybe I'll have it a real good solo locked in and I keep that. <laughs> mm. yeah that, makes that sense. answers any questions i don't know <laughs> definitely so what what's it like juggling so many projects and and i'm wondering whether the overlap makes it easier or more difficult to keep them separate <laughs> somehow it's not juggling at all it's more like it's more like like they all move at their own pace and so i just and but we're all kind of in it together and we all kind of have this mentality of we all like this awareness of that we're all in these bands and so we kind of subconsciously do that i i think because <laughs> it hasn't nothing's been muddy at all it just sort of works yeah. it comes together interesting mm -hmm. and so how many how many people how many other overlapping people are in, in those? I, I know there's some that have double, multiple, some that maybe just have one. Mm -hmm. um, ben, he's, he's poor Lemuel. He writes mm -hmm. all the songs there. He plays bass and b-ball, and he writes songs for Watermelon Slush. Okay. And then Brent, the drummer, plays drums for poor Lemuel and just Merlin. And then me, I play for B-Bomb, all of those. And I think that's it right now. And then Jason, uh, the bassist for Watermelon Slush, fills in for Ben sometimes with B-Bomb Field. Okay. And he's, he's filled in. He's kind of played some Just Merlin shit with me too sometimes. Just Merlin stuff. Okay. That makes some sense. It seems like a lot to, a lot to organize. Have you done any... Um, any one big show with a lineup that yeah. just runs through it all? Mm hmm We did... Uh, <laughs> Seems fun. It was. It was really good. It was at... One of the last times there was music at, 
uh, Midtown Tavern. Oh, really? It was one of those last couple months. Hmm. Um, Johnny F did sound, yeah. <laughs> I I never got to really experience that venue a whole lot. I guess I saw, well, it might have been a couple of small hip-hop shows, or I think. Oh, yeah. Um, but One of my favorite hip-hop shows is there in in the recent months. Do you do you know anything about what's going on over there? Like, did they end up getting their permit, or is construction stalled? No, I just don't know. I mean, I don't know either. And it's like right next to where I'm at. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I haven't heard anything about that. I wonder. We talk a lot about how the music scene will come back from the the shutdowns and how the different venues will adapt and. I guess I wonder if you have any thoughts on that. Maybe something you'd like to see or something you expect to happen. Uh, well, I can already see there'll be a there will there will be a somewhat of a refreshed excitement for original music, just because I think that this all of a sudden we got this outlet for our songs of Mankato with uh, the uh, Ben and Chris's show mm-hmm. that you said you heard coffee on and all that i just think that is a kind of a big deal as far as getting people excited about music in in mankato it's like yeah i'm excited to see what that blooms into but uh otherwise i mean it's tough to know yeah (laughs) it's a lot of uncertainty with uh yeah even even the size events that can happen and and where they're likely to be i guess one of the things i'm hopeful for is that mankato for a long time uh or at least for some chunk of the younger crowd they didn't like going out to music here they would just go to the cities because it's close enough but i wonder if um the limitations on some of the larger venues up in the cities or uh, difficulty in travel might make towns the size of Mankato a little bit more, I don't know, um, commu- good, better community, yeah. better engagement. Bustling. people. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way to put it. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that's an interesting thought. Yeah, the, all the big fish are going to be skinny, you know? Yeah. They're not going to be... They're not. They're going to be hungry, but they're not going to have all the, the things that they had. I think it's going to be, a nice. It's like a, a good solid prairie fire, you know, with everything that's been happening, for, mm. for things to grow. Basically, it's a big prairie fire. <laughs> that's a good way of. That's a good way of describing it. I sort of feel that too. I mean, even getting all of my what my dj things canceled and our events canceled like we've had to adapt and grow and and try new things so it's a really neat opportunity for people to explore what's possible and whether that's live streams or um other interesting ways of getting your art out there i think it's a fun way to push it forward mm-hmm I think people have been challenging the norms a little bit too, um, mm. you know, like renegotiating things or how things are going to end up working mm. um, be, because it's just like not the same. Um, <laughs> I, I know we've had some con- some conversations about, you know, what success looks like, you know, when you can only have like 40 or 50 people show up to your thing. It's like, well, I don't, I don't know, actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then balancing the, the 
turnout success with some sort of monetary success and paying bands, it's going to be, I mean, that was, that's been an issue for a long time anyway. Mm -hmm. So that's why I'm, I don't even want to worry about it. Mm. That's why I want to be playing shows without like money prejudice, you know, where I'm like, Oh, but it's only in this. It's like, I want, I don't want to have to worry about that. So Mm. I'm going to find some other income. (laughs) Mm. And you said you've been um, doing some farm work then? Yeah, I do. Uh, uh, we apply pig manure. <laughs> okay, to, to fields, to... <laughs> Spring and fall, yeah. To, we drag line from a pump engine through a big old 12-inch fire hose all the way out to the field, dragging mm. behind the tractor. It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> Brown I, gold. Is that what they call it in the <laughs> industry? <laughs> yep. Do they have to ship that here? Do they? Uh, um, so the pig barns have millions, million gallon pits mm-hmm. under them. And then wow. we just, yeah, pump it. Or what are you saying? Ship? Yeah. I was just wondering if there was like a, a market for pig shit. You know, oh, like. oh, yeah. Yeah. They, it's, but it's straight from, straight from the, the barn to the field, what we do. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, people do tank it, put it in semi-tanks and tank it out to a, a further field somewhere else. Yeah, I it, I was just thinking, I had heard something that in North Carolina, they had like so much that they were oh. so oversaturated with those those uh, pools or whatever that it had like been picked up in the wind and just like carried, you know, because these ponds are so large yeah. or whatever. And I mean, obviously we don't have that here. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. They do have lagoons around here, but it's... You know, they're not, like, that big. Yeah. <laughs> that's wild. Yeah, that's... It's hairy. The whole business is wild. But that's been working for you. It's kept you busy this yeah. summer, and... Uh, well, that's good. Yeah, I... It, it's interesting making any plans, really, or big plans <laughs> going forward, especially with projects and booking events and things that are just likely to get canceled mm-hmm. or be unable to happen and yeah i just i can't depend on it anymore yeah that's tough well it's good to hear you're adapting trying new things yeah it feels good nice well um i'm curious about what what sort of music do you listen to on your free time hmm Right now, I really don't listen to anything. Just my own stuff and what I'm working on. Hmm. And then silence and then whatever music is in my head. I kind of let my brain do the music while I'm doing anything throughout the day. And I give myself and my brain that time to just absorb everything that I've done in my life, you know? And Hmm. it's kind of the key to songwriting. If you want to write a bunch of songs and make them good, you got to give yourself time and a lot of it with yourself. And yeah, so. So you're you're actively writing songs throughout the day? All the time, yeah. It's it's a muscle actually at this point. Mm -hmm. It's always. Mm. So when I say like, fun little things here and there it's just because that's my muscle just 
doing its thing <laughs> you you ever hear like music in the grocery store and feel slightly interrupted or something <laughs> yeah man <laughs> it's like my girlfriend will have alexa on and it's just like the wrong song comes on i'm just like oh or she or in the early mornings if she's listening to her podcasts it's just like the last thing i want to hear right now because i just need my own thoughts to start my day you know but well, we work it out it's interesting mm-hmm. i feel like i'm kind of the opposite i wonder if that's why i've written zero songs ever <laughs> i think i i like default to tuning into something really really quickly there's also a time in a life too where you do just spend years absorbing you know mm. and right now i'm in a part in my life where i'm not absorbing i'm my cup is full of of inspirational music ideas or stuff that i've been absorbing the last however many years and but you know when i want to chill or like sometimes i just have a a wild hair I, I might put on some like massive attack or some like weird european techno stuff or hmm. or some like leo kotke instrumental or john fahey acoustic guitar Ooh, it's good stuff yeah yeah I saw Leo Kotke last year, and it was just totally blew me away. We saw him at um, in Red Wing last year, actually. Where'd you see him at? Uh, the Guthrie. He was doing like his Christmas show. I took my mom. Wow. Yeah, oh, he's was, hilarious. Dude. Yeah, <laughs> he's so funny and so good. Yeah, yeah. I, I just like that like storytelling with a guitar thing. <laughs> yeah, really dry jokes. Yeah, there was there was one he. Uh, he uh he was tuning up his he was tuning up his guitar and he like grabbed a tuner off the floor and he put it on and he just like stopped talking he's like well it certainly has an opinion <laughs> <laughs> and there's there's probably like oh, 20 people in the audience who are just laughing yeah. i mean but it's true <laughs> oh man that's funny he doesn't even have he has like a rug that he just lays his guitars on like he doesn't even have guitar stands, which I think is hilarious. Really? <laughs> yeah. Sort of goofy. I there's it is that like kind of uh there's probably some is there some word for that kind of like guitar storytelling? Um uh, yeah. Um I don't know. I don't know what it is. tongue in cheek? No. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like I should know it too. It's like a (laughs) folk music storytelling. I don't know. Even in listening to some of the songs you played for us today, there's, there's certainly an element of comedy in there and Mm -hmm. like a little (laughs) bit of fun, fun playing around with words. Is that something you like to include in your music? Yeah. As much as I can. Cause I just don't like to take myself too seriously cause it always Mm. bites me in the ass. (laughs) (laughs) that's fair yeah is that is when you're when you're writing a song is the perception of the audience like their their entertainment is that a key aspect to the song sometimes sometimes there's a little word that i know people are just gonna love or like this little thing it's just gonna be great but it's it's not because i thought that they might like it it's because that's what i Mm-hmm. thought of or or whatever through the mm. songwriting procedure but i i'm conscious of it too so like it kind of affect it totally affects what i'm doing you know 
some part of your process introduces the yeah. comedy like yeah exactly yeah. maybe it's all the all the pig shit in the field yeah out yeah. There. <laughs> yeah, yeah comedic relief yeah <laughs> exactly just so it's you can uh, you can understand what someone is saying a little easier if you like them you know <laughs> you know if, yeah, yeah I, mean, just, I mean these songs were written here yeah exactly, you know they yeah. they do feel tied to the area i've i've I feel like I've heard some of these played out live and like it, it feels pertinent. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So hmm. yeah. Or I don't know, not pertinent regional or something. Um, yeah. I, I hear that in, in, uh, Vibe. Hmm. <laughs> it, it's like the, it's like a Minnesota rural kind of blend hybrid of the folk country. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I would. That's where I think it comes in, and I get that a lot with Bebalm, um, Lemuel, and I've heard. I haven't heard as much of Merlin, so I I don't know if I can comment on that. But in, in the songs that you played for us today, I got yeah. that too for sure. That is neat. I wonder what it's like the sound of Minnesota, or mm, I totally. There's this. I actually, I have a song called Midwestern Sound. <laughs> uh, on just merlin's one it's on spotify on just merlin's first album if you want to check that out the uh, track three i talk about that a little bit and it is there's a sound and it's not even like country music that first album is very much 90s rock kind of a thing and with a little you can tell i grew up here mm -hmm. there's that there's a certain flavor yeah, yeah totally how do you how do you feel about the your music being on streaming platforms forever awesome yeah yeah it's like i feel invincible <laughs> <laughs> i don't yeah it's crazy but i like i don't have to worry about like the only thing i have to worry about is bringing people to it i don't have to worry about like oh god like how how am i gonna mail these songs to people or you know or mm -hmm. how i don't know how to get the music out there otherwise if if I just have to say, hey, come look at this as many times as I have to, that's fine with me. Hmm. Also, like YouTube and stuff, I love having it free on there just so you can listen to the whole thing without interruption. But if... Yeah. I don't know where you make money exactly in the music business, but I'm trying not to care about it right now. <laughs> it's certainly happened to someone before. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I really, I, being involved in a little bit of music, I do wonder what the better way of monetizing and ensuring that artists are getting paid for their work. And I guess a lot of that was live performances. Mm -hmm. But as a consumer of music, I really love things like Spotify or I'm sure Apple Music is similar, but mm -hmm. being able to curate playlists of all the music, um, it's just super neat. Yeah. And I'll, I, I love being able to be inspired by, uh, or, or like hear of someone or be inspired to look into somebody a little bit more and just being able to access their catalog and listen through and yeah, totally. It's, it's fun. It's, it's a good there. way of interacting with it. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's an expense at this point, putting it on there because I'm not going to make any money and it costs mm. however much to put it on there, but it's just like. That's marketing itself is having it available, you know, mm -hmm. the root of it. <laughs> yeah. 
I, I wonder whether coming out of this environment, that'll shift at all. I guess, you know, if you say that live performances were a musician's best or only way to really make money, and now that's not a thing and might be damaged for a while, mm -hmm. like, yeah, live streaming hasn't quite captured that same mm -hmm. effect, so. Oh, I think that's with, with all that heat from that comment the other day. The, the CEO of Spotify a couple of weeks ago, he said, well, I don't understand why a, a musician would think that they can release music every three years and make a living. And, you know, it, it was obviously unpopular. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. it, it was it was a, a week of complaining that that got from, you know, musicians on the Internet or whatever. But mm. I, I mean, from a business perspective uh, of his... Yeah, you still sound like a douchebag. Mm. I don't know where I'm going with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> a yeah. tough position for someone like him to hold. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure he's just crying in his bags of money. <laughs> uh, um. Like, he, yeah, it's hard for him to say that because he has no idea what it's like to be a musician trying to make money and doing yeah. that anyway. But Well, it's I, I don't think that, I mean... I don't feel like music is necessarily a choice and I hardly make it. Like, I feel like talking to you right now that you would continue making music if it was, you know, if it was illegal to monetize it, you yeah, know, for sure. <laughs> you just don't get a choice once you start. Yeah. So, you know, here we are trying to do our best with what we're given or the opportunities even. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. That's why I appreciate being here with you fellas. Yeah. yeah well, it's great to have you. Um, should we should we begin to wrap it up? Yeah, you want to do plugs? Yeah. Why don't you tell us where uh, people can find you and your projects? All right. Well, obviously, we got Facebook, and we got, uh, yeah, just B-Balm Fields on Facebook. We're hot right now. We got lots of content online and videos. We just played at Beer, Brats, and Bourbon Thursday, which was awesome. Opened up for Soul Asylum. That was cool. <clears throat> poor lemuel we're recording our third album right now i have no idea when that's going to be done might be next year sometime um no shows right now but check us out on facebook and spotify b-bombs on spotify too same with just merlin um i don't have any shows coming up with them either but we got the second album coming up Look for that online because I'll be posting that on Facebook and or Instagram and all that in the next uh, month probably. It'll be like a autumn release, and uh, I think Watermelon Slush is going to start recording too, real soon. Once I get some equipment squared away, and yeah, we got we got, all that is on Facebook. You can YouTube Watermelon Slush if. And we got a couple songs on there if you'd like to know how we sound. And you got a lot of projects, is that it? <laughs> yeah. Nirvana's quiet right now. Mm -hmm. Do you ever do any recording with Nirvana or is that a live performance? That's just live, yeah. Just live. I guess that's Nirv Nirvana cover, so. But we have played like Ocho's Originals in the band a okay. bunch of times for Moonfest, actually we played we was it was kind of a hodgepodge nirvana mixed with like just ocho's friends you know 
that was that was a really cool show actually i i really enjoyed that thoroughly and ocho's energy at that show was something else too (laughs) he and betty really took it to the next level oh my god yeah well this that makes the uh about sixth podcast that ocho's been mentioned too. <laughs> <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> we really got to get him on here one of these times yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> great well thank you for being on the podcast thanks for playing us some songs those mm-hmm. will be released uh over the next couple of couple of weeks or months as as your projects develop and we're really excited for the future recordings thank you guys Hey, my name is Pete Klug. This is a song I wrote called uh, I Love This Band. Corner myself. I wanted it now Lost in the feelings I got Up against hell But I still go out With my bags of junk Lose a win I know I'm in for the long haul And that's a fact You see I'm gone from this moment And I ain't never coming back bye bye my space away from it all a place of my own a place to write my song keep the Johnny Walker right close to my pen perfect combination of black and red you know life ain't so bad You see, I know what I want, and I ain't never feeling fair. And I'm hungry. sun never stays this time of year is long but the music makes it so it ain't so lame but i come from minnesota that includes my band singing songs about the weather and i ain't never gonna hate this land i'm just so glad See, I love where I'm coming from, and plus, well, I love my bands, I love all my bands, yeah. 
Cool. Thanks for tuning in. You can find show notes for this and every episode at triplefalls.org. Thank you.